0: to our friends online. Uh, We say good morning to you. We're grateful uh, that you're here with us. And uh, we know there's all kinds of things you could be doing on a Sunday morning. We're grateful that you've decided to spend it with us in community, uh, singing and uh, maybe a little praying, hearing the message, and coming together in communion. And along with that, uh, make sure, uh, friends, if you're at home, that you get your communion elements together. Uh, You can get yourself some bread or some crackers and some juice. And we'll uh, have the communion meal together as a community. So we say hello to you, and uh, whether you are on Facebook or on YouTube or listening to podcasts later in this week, uh, we're grateful that you're spending a little bit of time with us.
1: And so let's hear these great words from the Gospel of Luke chapter 2, about when Anna and Simeon met Jesus, Mary and Joseph at Jesus' dedication in the temple. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It has been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lords before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, by, guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple.
2: Anna, the daughter of Phil, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped there with fasting and praying night and day. In that moment, she came and began to praise God and speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. So friends... Let's sing, pray, and seek to encounter the presence of God together this morning, just like Anna and Simeon did. Amen. Amen.
3: Well, I want to begin by inviting Karen and Rick to come up to lead Prayers of the People, but I want to start Prayers of the People with some praise from the people because I want to tell you that Neil's doctor's report this week is that he is cancer-free. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, go ahead. How about praise God like that was your report?
2: Come on, come on. Bible says
3: to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. So, one more time, let's get a little rejoice on. Woo!
2: (laughs) Oh, I'll raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemy. Come on. I'll raise.
3: Of one of our beautiful crossroads peeps, <clears throat> and Jeff and Aaron honored Bill so beautifully. Some of you may have served with Bill on the lawn team or in food pantry. That gorgeous head of white hair—you know what we're talking about, right? And um, and so Bill's whole family—and there were a million of them got to tell stories of the legacy of his life. And uh, how old was your dad, Aaron? Eighty-nine. Eighty-nine years young, if you ever talk to him. And I really appreciate the fact that together we hold so many stories of birth into this world, birth into the next world, Right? the ways that we need one another to rejoice and to pray. And our example this morning are Anna and Simeon in the scripture. We're going to stay with them all day long. These two old people that loved God through all the seasons of life. And they kept raising hallelujahs and fasting and praying. And you know if you live that long, you've seen a lot of things. And to stay with a heart that is full of God is what we're looking for everybody we want from hot from the hand of god to the very last breath to be full of love for god and so let's pray together i don't know if this is me or but i'll turn it off karen you lead us first god you bring everlasting
4: life and you comfort us when we mourn some days we live as though we are invincible in control of destiny Everlasting one,
3: remind us of our fragility so that we may walk in
5: faith. Help us to remember that every moment is an invitation to presence. Planning for the future and pondering the past are only helpful as they inform our ability to be present to you, to ourselves, and to others. Help us to walk faithfully today, knowing that there are no guarantees. You are our promise. Ever-present
3: one, may we live each day seeking and bringing your presence into the world.
4: We thank you for the promises that you have made to us. You promise you will be with us. You promise to give us rest. You bless those who act with justice and humility. You have dreams, plans, and promises that are specific to my life, too.
3: Promised one. As As we we remember remember our mortality, mortality, would our our lives lives be filled filled with purpose?
5: We pray for those who are near death this season. We pray for those grieving the loss of loved ones, those who are sick and in need of healing, and those who fear losing safety and control. We pray for suffering communities in Memphis, Haiti, Ukraine, and around the world today. We cannot understand the pain but we can not trust you to draw near in our loss.
3: God of all comfort, bring your healing grace to all who need you, especially. And would you just say their names out loud? Just a name? First names? You know people you're praying for today. We want to agree with you. Oh god, you hear all these names.
4: May we be like the prophet Anna who lived through and beyond her grief by worshipping, fasting, praying and giving thanks as she met the one who had longed for Jesus Christ, who had longed for. She had longed for. Jesus Christ, and like spirit-led Simeon, who is just and devout, waiting his whole life in a promise to say, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all the people.
3: Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit, enable us us to live live every season of of our lives lives waiting, praying, praying, fasting, fasting, and and serving others. As As you created us us to to be and do, grant that that we we may live live, spirit-led and with with our our mind through through every act of love. Amen. 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 So let's gather the elements of communion. Let's hold the bread in our hand and marvel that it is the symbol of Christ's body. God could have remained mysterious and other than, but God came in the form of Christ so that we could see a body. Even on that day of his dedication, it was a little baby body. And the way Christ lived was an embodied faith, not just a mental ascent, but a way that in these bodies we can say, Jesus is with us, Jesus is with us now. And so together we hold the bread, we marvel at the reality of Christ, not just an idea or a mental ascent or a creed, but a historical person who lived and moved and had being on our earth who went through the rigors of all of humanity from dedication to burial and resurrection and so on the night you were betrayed Jesus you took bread and said take this all of you my body given for you and every time you eat remember me like to say with me Jesus we remember you in your mortality in your infancy in your passing your burial your resurrection That Jesus was an eating and drinking body on this earth. That Jesus knew all what it meant to fast, to be hungry, to be full, to eat with friends, to celebrate at weddings, to grieve at funerals. This embodied Christ picked the cup up and said, Take this, all of you, and drink. This is the cup of the new covenant my blood given for you shed for you so that sins will be forgiven and every time you drink remember me so in whatever way you'd like to say Jesus we remember you I remember you I remember your fully human self your fully divine self resurrected giving us resurrection.
0: So um, we are going to both receive our offering and release our kids that are going up to Children's Church together. And so why don't we, can we stand together as we pray, uh, and as we pray for our kids, and as we pray for the offering? Uh, And then again, just wanted to let you know, if you did want to see um, some of those message notes, that to either have with you or to take with you, they're up front and in the back, that you can grab them as you give them the offering and as you take your kids upstairs. But let's pray. God, how grateful we are uh, for the, those folks that have uh, agreed to volunteer to be the teachers, to, to share love and to share wisdom with our children this morning. God, we pray your blessing on those teachers and on our kids as they go upstairs. God, we're grateful that they are learning about your love, and we're grateful that they are learning about the goodness that you have for them now and all the days of their lives. So we pray your blessing on them. And, God, we pray even as we give into this offering as well that you would increase our ability to share love throughout this world, from the very youngest to the very oldest, that, God, that each person we come into contact with would know how much you love them and how much we care for what is happening in their lives. And it's in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit we pray and we all say amen. And so-
6: well, as a continuation of our worship, we just want to welcome you here this morning, especially if today's your first time with us here at Crossroads. We would love the opportunity to connect with you. Um, if you're in the room, you'll notice we have a Next Steps kiosk over there. If you want to join Beth or myself after service, we'll be over there. We can answer any questions about Crossroads that you might have. If you're joining us online, uh, you'll, you can go to our website, ccmonline.org. And you'll see right on the homepage a uh, tab that says, I'm new. And we'll connect with you there. Uh, just a few quick announcements as our parents are coming back. And before we get into our message today, uh, a few connection points we have starting this week that we wanted you to be aware of. Our women's book study called uh, with Shauna Nequest's new book called, I Guess I Haven't Learned That Yet. So if you're someone who is still learning uh, like I am, Uh, you might want to jump into this women's group. It starts this week. There's two opportunities. The book is optional, so you don't have to have the book to join the study. Um, We're starting the first one is Wednesday evening, uh, right here at Crossroads. And then there's also one as a daytime option. So if daytime is better for you, that one is on Thursdays. And you can get more information at Next Steps regarding that. And we also have our uh, Gospels Bible study that will be starting up again. Many of you have been part of Samuel's Bible study of the four Gospels and have enjoyed that. And I've heard such wonderful things about that. If you haven't been a part of it and you want to jump in, this is a great time to jump in. They're going to be resuming on Wednesdays from 7:30 to 8:30. So there are, those are just a few of the things happening here at Crossroads. Uh, but if you check out our website, there are so many other things happening. Like us on Facebook, and there you'll get much more information about what's going on. Mm -hmm. Thanks.
3: Thanks, Kathleen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And, I, you know, I have to say, being gone two weeks makes me love you all the more. I mean, maybe your heart didn't grow fonder, but mine did. And uh, one of the things we love about traveling is missing you. You know what I'm saying? We have this joke in our family. How can we ever miss you if you don't leave? (laughs) Anyhow. Okay. So... um, so we did miss you, and, uh, and when um, I watched the messages, it was just deeply <sighs> powerful and prophetic for Scott and I because what we know is we have always longed for a transgenerational mindset in a church. We have always longed to see old and young, and every other kind of whatever you want to say, difference in humankind, to want to be together under one roof. And that roof is so large because it doesn't just include this room. It includes people that are with us in many, many places that you don't even know about. Um, And we may never know this side of heaven. And so the words that came forth from Hannah and from Jacques over these last couple weeks, the songs that were sung, the prayers that you prayed, are shifting the culture. And I want you to know that that is what we're about here. There's something in the beginning of Crossroads, there was a prophetic word that we would be an apostolic church. If you know anything about the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, they are to shift culture. That God always has something that God wants to do in a particular time and a particular generation. And I just want to say I love being in a room with people who don't have their own agenda but want to see God shift culture. So it happened over the last couple weeks. I'm not going to get all emotional. All right. But now, on this day, you're going to see one of the first culture shifters, one of the oldest culture shifters you've ever met at Crossroads, the eldest elder, and I say this because uh, Charles and I have this ongoing love around me saying that. And, um, and you know, Charles uh, was kind of, you know, in his, come on, come closer. Don't be scared. He, um, he, he just does what he wants. Whenever Ch- Charles is doing something, Jill and I and Scott call it wandering. You just never know what's going to shift when Charles walks past it. And you don't know that this place shifted because Charles walked past it. Oh, that's what you were looking for. Look at that. So anyway, what I want to say is, Charles, um, I I, I know you'll tell some of what the Holy Spirit has done in you and what you see that the Holy Spirit is doing now in this present day. But we want to remark on the fact that you and Jill prayed nine years before Crossroads ever existed for this church to come. You were faithful somewhere else, having made that transition from t- Detroit. At which hospital were you at? Uh, at that time. Yeah. I was at, uh, Detroit Medical Center. Detroit
7: Medical I was Center. At Detroit Medical Center. Yeah. I guess I'm supposed to use this microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I don't, Matt is going to holler at me because he gave me a lesson earlier that oh, I had good. to keep this microphone right here.
3: Right, so we can hear you, right. and and because you have been a simian in our midst all these years. You, when you came from Detroit, you left a church you loved, right. and you and Jill believed God for those nine years, praying that it would be similar to what God had done in you right. and through you when you were in Detroit. Right. And you came here, and then, you know, you meet these snot-nosed kids that are just only asleep. Well, I was
7: waiting for you to grow up so you could come out here.
3: Right, to get it through puberty, and uh, it took a really long time. And, um, and the beautiful part of our, our encountering you was we felt like God had given us a stable pillar. Uh-huh. Someone who was not only Holy Ghost filled, but really smart, really desired to see the kingdom of God come. And so your heart, your flame for God you and Jill, but we're, we'll get to Jill another day, because she's a lot of fun to talk about, too. But you um, you are uh, almost 79 years old.
7: Well, I just turned 78. Don't push it.
3: Okay. And, <laughs> right? And is this, like, is this what you want to grow up and be like at 79? I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. And... um and what, what happens with every year of your life is we see your love for God deepen, your devotion for the kingdom, whether you're overseeing food pantry things, you're you're running the whole lawn system, you're in Haiti on a medical trip, as you know, ask Ian Lorridge about Charles and how impressed he is with Charles on a medical trip in Haiti and the way his his love for God and his stamina and his brilliance bring healing to people in impoverished places. And so I could go on about Charles, but you need to know that he's a bronze star. He's a, per, he's a purple heart. He, um, he took broken bodies on the front line in Vietnam to health. This is the kind of person that has been an elder and a pastor with us and um so we want you to reflect on Simeon and Anna for us and uh teach us the way of God more clearly this morning
7: well it's important that um claire said that we left where we were to come here first of all it was mainly because of the opportunity to further my career and um so the important thing that we had to do at that time was uh we wanted to meet with the elders we wanted them to pray with us and to be sure that, that doing this uh, was something that God wanted us to do um, because, of the, because of what we were and became in the church that we were in, and we didn't want to lose that. So we wanted to get uh, verification. We wanted to get confirmation. We wanted to get leading at that time, which led us to come here and... Um, when we were here for a little while we of course we began wanting to find a church and uh, so we, we attended some churches and I remember sitting in one church and I was just listening and, and watching what was going on and that sort of thing and tears just came to my eyes and, uh, as well as Jill was feeling the same way and we just knew that something had to change And Claire's speaking about a shift, and that was a shift at that moment during that time. And so um, we began praying. We even had uh, part of our uh, arts ministry come to Marshall and perform at one of the churches. And it was absolutely amazing. It had to do with, um, well, I won't say what it had to do with, but... um, so we knew then that something had to change. There had to be a shift. Um because we were we were homesick from what we had left. So we began praying about that. What we didn't know when we when we prayed with the elders, uh one of the elders had a word for us, uh a prophecy and it was confirmed that um this was the leading of God. But he said when you when you go, he said you are going to experience you're going to have a desert experience i thought he said desert <laughs> you were but, hoping <laughs> yeah i was hoping but uh so that um that prophecy <laughs> came true for for 9 years uh as far as a desert experience uh regarding the type of uh church the type of uh, god loving worshiping fearing type of church that that we had been used to. Um, So after that nine years, uh, we, in the church that we were in at that time, which was was a good church, Uh, it was a nice church beautiful people, Uh, but there was just something that had to change. Little, well. um, So then we met some people that were of like like mind with us. Uh, We even went to the point of having a special service uh, that was akin to the type of worship that we had wh- where we left. And that was, you know, that was okay. It still wasn't it, it wasn't the answer. So we began to meet some people. Sean and Kathleen were a couple of the people that we met. And the story goes on from there. They told us that, and we told us about um, Pastor Scott and Pastor Claire, and they were newbies to the ministry. And we said, that's exactly what we need. We had a little history from them about the church that they were in before they came here. And the same thing happened with them. They came here because of uh, Sean's uh, work, his career. So from that point on, uh, we began to pray with a group. I uh, had very powerful experiences in that. And um, what we see today is that was the seed that, was, that began to sprout so um
3: <clears throat> <laughs> <clears throat> Hallelujah.
7: So I wanted to uh, go to the scripture uh, real quickly.
3: Are you glad we're not young anymore? Not what? Are you glad we're not young anymore? That's yes. a song. I'm glad I'm not young anymore.
7: <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
7: <clears throat> so in uh, Luke 22 Uh, to 40, the child's father and mother, speaking of Jesus, marveled at what was said about him by Simeon. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the failing and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. What that made me think of is when we first came to Marshall, and we began to organize um the way that we wanted to go about establishing a church here there was a lot of resistance and i'm not trying to compare the the beginning of uh, crossroads church with the birth of jesus okay <laughs> but but it made me think about the resistance that we met and then i was re- then i realized that crossroads being here for 30-plus years uh, has really impacted and I think shifted um, the, the religious community in this area um, because we, 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 be, we became something that was different, something that people didn't understand, and people had ill feelings. Some people were happy, but it made me think of that scripture, some will fall and some will rise. You have all risen. And there's this uh, part of Pastor Scott's message on these uh, notes are very, very inspiring and very thought-provoking. And um, I just wanted to read one or two of these. For me, I like this especially. It says, building a living the dream to the end life. This was our dream. And looking back over 30-plus years is, is amazing what God has done in and through this ministry. And you all are a part of that. You've, you're building this dream. I like this also by David White what you can plan is too small for you to live what we do here is we realize that what we pursue is the truth of the gospel we try to keep centered that, on that all the time, we're not perfect but for me this is my home, this is my dream I don't know how many more years I have left um, but this is the dream to the end for me So be inspired. Know that you're where you need to be. That's important. If you don't need to be here, go find where God wants you to be. If you are. (laughs) And if you know you're meant to be here, live into that. And let God show you his dreams for your life. Thank you.
3: Amen. So, Father, we um, we have been the recipient of uh, Charles' prayers. So would you reach your hand toward Charles? God, we want to thank you for our father in the faith, a patriarch among us, one who has sweat and given and shown up and stepped aside and stepped back in, and every everything you've asked him to do on behalf of this church he continues to do and god we pray that an inkling a, a smidge of his devotion and valor would be deposited in us for him to see the goodness and the fruit and that we would give it back to him we pray in jesus name amen amen I love you
8: I, uh, Charles uh, and Jill uh, mean so much to all of us, right? Uh, and Amen. And means so much to Crossroads. And uh, I, just as Charles was talking, I was thinking about, you know, this guy, he's, um, in my life, he's shown up in so many different ways and continues to. And uh, one of the ways is like a big brother uh, in the faith. And has been like that from the beginning of our time together. Uh, one of my favorite moments with Charles, the church was—it was really early on, and uh, as has already been said, he was waiting for Claire and I to grow up. He and Jill, so we were on a retreat. It was—it was more like a advance kind of thing. Uh, it was a men's deal, if I remember, and we're out in the middle of the woods somewhere, some rustic rough campground type setting not the best accommodations but when you're young you like this is really lighting me up right and we're all most of us were uh pretty young and we're having a great time and we get to the end of it and charles was staying in the room with me and he looked at me and he said you just remember what i did for you in about 20 years just remember this moment um And uh, he said it out of love and seriousness. And uh, I'm sure if I were at that retreat center, I'd be saying that to some young guy now too. But, ah, just so much wealth. Um, I don't think that we pay enough attention to uh, the heritage, especially in our culture. I don't think we pay enough attention. We're always looking for something new. We're always looking for something that's flashy and what's the new thing. And I think uh, we, uh, we risk losing the type of appreciation that we need to have uh, for longevity, for faith, for instance, that's built over a lifetime, and what that brings. That is, it cannot, and hopefully in the next few minutes I can talk to you about that, uh, how to live that kind of life, some of the things to pay attention to in my own observations, in my own life at this point, uh, but in observing people like Charles and Jill and so many more. I want you to do this before we get started here. I want you just to think about in your own life, um, I want you to think about the catalog of people in your life, maybe people you've known directly or people you've known from a distance. And I want you to think about one person that has lived a life of faith or maybe they've already gone from here but lived a life of faith to the end and I want you just to consider that person's life and just think for a moment uh, as we get started here with uh, this part of the talk just think about what possibly has been imparted to your life or would be helpful for you to pay attention to about that person's life let's do that for a couple seconds here Now, one of the things that uh, Claire and I noticed immediately after we gave our lives to Christ were people like my grandparents, uh, who were well along in life, were people of deep faith, and um, the treasure that those people have offered to us, those types of people have offered to us and still do to this day throughout our lives. Um, There is a gift, an impartation that happens that is really unspeakable but if we don't take some time to pay attention to it, I think we can miss it. Uh, And especially, as I said, in the culture that we live in, we're really not kind of encouraged to pay attention to this. That's one of the things I absolutely love about this scripture is at the birth of Christ, there's deep attention given to people that are, uh, we know that Anna's in her 80s And we can probably simply guess that Simeon is somewhere around that same age as well, right? But there is nothing like witnessing a seasoned person of faith and gleaning from their journey. Is there? So when the time came for the purification as required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was a righteous man and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. A sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then she was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but she worshiped night and day, fasted, prayed. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. As Charles has already mentioned, David White says this. He says, um, What you can plan is too small for you to live. And I also love this other quote that he says, what if the world is holding its breath, waiting for you to take the place that only you can fill? Now, I want to encourage everyone today that no matter where we are in life, know today, this day, if you're struggling, if you're encouraged, if you're doing really well, or you're having a really hard moment, know that this day matters, that the whole in the whole scheme of things of your life, this day is a part of what God is trying to accomplish in your life. And whether it's the pain that you're in or the celebration that you're in, or somewhere in the middle, God intends to help utilize that in your life and mine to help us live the kind of life that we're describing here. Now, I I, I said that I've noticed. Um, in my life, just paying attention, and I'm sure some of this is going to resonate with you, I've noticed some essentials about people living a dream life to the end. And what does it take to build a dream life to the end? Now, these are big kind of swooping categorical things, but I've noticed them over and over and over. I would even call them like a life cycle that happens in a person's life, and it kind of breaks down into six different things. As I've watched people of faith... Live well to the end, or maybe they're near what uh, you're thinking as the end. There's these six essentials that I see. And I'm just going to rattle them off real quick for you, and then we'll go over them uh, briefly. The first one is refinement. Refinement is the process of removing impurities and unwanted elements. The second essential is forgiveness, the action or process of forgiving or being forgiven. And this is on that sheet, uh, if you want to get it. And part of the reason why I offer these sheets is just because I'm going to be rattling through this stuff really briefly. Um, The third one is hearing or listening. That's the process, function, or power of perceiving sound. The next one is engage or engagement. Or I would also say re-engagement. And it's to participate and become involved in, to occupy or to employ. The fifth one is what I would call gratitude. It's the quality of being thankful. And then the sixth one is stability, the strength to stand and endure. Now, I will say this. uh, Our lives, as we all know, we want to believe... That they're, they're linear, that there's like a straight line. You start, you give your life to Christ, and you live like this straight line up and to the right all the way to heaven, right? But we all know that that's just not true. That's not anyone's reality. More uh, likely is our life is, kind of goes in a spiral, okay? And there are these, there are these six things. That I notice continuously happen in the life of someone who is healthily growing in Christ. They're not living perfect lives, but they're living in a way that continues to move upward and onward. All right. It might be easier if we looked at it sideways. Okay. Um, and I don't want to take too much time with this diagram because I know this is very inadequate for what we're talking about but if you were to look at it in sideways all right it would be more like this okay and you start over here with refinement and there is this there is almost there is almost this movement that happens in a person's life refinement then forgiveness And then forgiveness. And then what's my third one there? Somebody say it to me. Hearing. I'm sorry. Hearing. Engagement. All right. And then there's, um, I'm sorry, louder? Gratitude. Gratitude. Thank you. (laughs) Um and then stability, all right? And this, you see, continuously happen in a person's life, in my opinion, and this, this, just this swirl goes on. I'm not saying that all six of those can't happen at the same time, but what I am saying is those six things continuously rotate in a person's life, and at any time in life, There could be one of those things that seems to be the greatest focus of each one of our lives as we're growing in Christ. So, refinement is the process of removing impurities and unwanted elements. Now, that's simply uh, things, mainly repentance. Repentance is the place of fresh beginnings. This is where our faith journey starts, right, where it all begins. Malachi chapter 3, verse 2, refers to... Uh, this process as a refining. In, in if you were to look at your life as uh, gold or silver, and that's how the scripture refers to your life at times, um, uh, someone ref, refining gold or silver, they, they take off the dross. They heat up the metal, and then the dross is scraped from the top, right? That is the refining process to purify. One of my favorite songs is a song, old song by... Brian Dorkson and it's simply Purify My Heart this is how it goes
9: Purify my heart let me be as gold and precious silver purify my heart let me be as gold Your gold Refiner's fire My one desire Is to be Holy Set apart To be holy set apart for you, my savior, ready to do your
8: will. Sounded better in the shower. I changed one of the words. But anyway, it's this place of bringing ourselves to being refined, to being purified. I changed one of the words there from master to savior, because I believe that the invitation to be refined is just that. It's an invitation. God isn't making me be refined. God will help me be refined. I bring myself, you bring yourself to be refined. This is the place of spiritual discipline. It's place of practices, rhythm, study, fasting, prayer. The place of refinement. The second essential is the word forgiveness. And it's not just the receiving of forgiveness, or it's not just the giving of forgiveness, it's both of those things. It's the action or process of forgiving or being forgiven. See, the when I lack forgiving others, that leads to bitterness which requires my energy or your energy to stay stuck in the past. I can no longer keep the movement of my life in the trajectory like Simeon and Anna's trajectory obviously was, but I get stuck in bitterness. Forgiving other people is just as important, if not more important for me, than it is for those other people. Does that make sense? And then... Along with that, the lack of my receiving of forgiveness for myself. And some of us struggle with this. We're having a hard time forgiving ourselves of certain things, or maybe this happens occasionally in our lives. And this leads to regret, which also keeps us from things like healing, deliverance. It keeps us from our future unforgiveness, when you do not forgive yourself, when you do not receive the provision of forgiveness that God has given to each one of us, we are keeping ourselves bound to our today or yesterday, and holding ourselves back from the future. One of my favorite scriptures is out of James chapter 5, and this is what it says, and pay attention to the terminology around forgiveness here. Is any one of you in trouble You should pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? You should call the elders of the church to pray over you and anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer that is offered in faith will make a sick person well. The Lord will raise you up. If you have sinned, you will be forgiven. Therefore... Confess your sins. In other words, receive forgiveness. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Healing is not just about our physical bodies, though we've already celebrated the wonder of that today, right? Talking about Neil being healed of cancer. But healing is about God continuously moving us into the future that he has for us and delivering us from the past mistakes and brokenness that we all have in our lives essential number three is hearing or listening I love again and again when talking about Simeon it just talks about how he's this Holy Spirit empowered person hearing and listening is about being a spirit led empowered person This is what you see in these kinds of people that we're talking about in that kind of life that we're all trying to pursue. It's the process or function or power of perceiving sound. Dallas Willard says it this way, people are meant to live in an ongoing conversation with God, speaking and being spoken to. As I come out of forgiveness, forgiving myself and others, I need to hear from God in order to move into God's preferred future for my life. The centrality of spirit-led living as well of a, in, the, in the life of a follower of Christ is undeniable. And certainly in Simeon's life, it's undeniable, right? In just two verses here, we see three clear, very clear and powerful references to his paying attention to and being directed by the Holy Spirit. It says the Holy Spirit was on him. Things were revealed by the Holy Spirit to him. He was moved by the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself was present with Simeon. It's pre-Pentecost, and Simeon has the Holy Spirit invading his life like it's breathing. How much more us, post-Pentecost, should this be a part of our life? Life cycle essential number four is engage or to re-engage, engagement. It's interesting, uh, one of the questions that Claire and I get asked more than probably any question we get asked at this stage in our lives is, when are you guys going to retire? I want to retire the retirement talk. And listen, I'm not against people retiring, but here's what I I, um, want you to think about when it comes to things like that. The invitation isn't whether or not you're being asked to retire. The invitation, and these kinds of people understand this, the invitation is always, what is mine to do in this season? Because when people ask me, or Claire, or you possibly, uh, when are you going to retire, what they're really saying is, when are you just going to kind of check out of a lot of your life? And that's never the invitation from God. And it's certainly not the invitation... For you or me, the question is this. What is mine to do in this season? To participate, to engage us to participate, to become involved in, to occupy, to employ. There's a great story, and I I encourage you to read through uh, the book of Joshua. It's just so beautiful. And pay a lot of attention to Joshua as a person and pay a lot of attention to Caleb as a person. But I love Caleb. Caleb. Um, At one point in the book of Joshua, in chapter 14, so Caleb and Joshua, they're hanging out with Moses at one point, if you're not familiar with the story, they're getting ready to enter the promised land, and Joshua and Caleb are sent out as spies at one point to spy out the land that God has promised to Moses and the Israelites. Caleb and Joshua come back and, you know, there's 10 other folks. The other 10 are saying, there is no way we're entering into this area because it's crazy. There's giants. It's dangerous. We're all going to lose our lives. And then Caleb and Joshua are two guys that are like, well, we see something different. We see great fruit. It looks like a wonderful land. Yeah, there's some giants, but who cares? We'll take care of them. Let's move in. This is the promise of God. And here's Caleb 45 years later, having a conversation with Joshua, and this is out of Joshua 14. I'm going to start with verse 7, just read a few verses to you. This is what Caleb says in a conversation with Joshua. As Joshua is now, because Moses is now dead, Joshua is now like doling out parcels of land to different tribes, the different tribes. And he says this, uh, Caleb says this, he says, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. I brought him back a report according to my convictions. Everyone say according to my convictions. That is a part of your engagement responsibility. You do realize that, right? You have a unique set of convictions, and that's just as much a gift in your life as those practical gifts, right? But... Um, according to my convictions, but my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt with fear. I, however, now remember, this guy's now 85 years old. I, however, followed the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever." Because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years. In other words, say, I'm 85 now. Since the time he said this to Moses while Israel was moving about in the desert, so here I am today, I'm 85 years old. I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go to the battle now as I was then. Give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard that, and that the Amalekites were there, and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. Now listen, and Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as an inheritance. It was the land with all of the giants. And all of the obstacles, Caleb said, that was the promised space. I know I'm 85, but I still have the conviction, and this was promised to me. What is the gift in your life or gifts in your life? What are the convictions in your life? What is the invitation of God for you today? Get busy obtaining the promise that God has for you. And I would say the same for Crossroads Church. Amen? That's the way... That's the invitation. Life cycle five, real quick here, Um, gratitude. Gratitude leads to generosity, worship. You see the sharing of good news that comes out of gratitude. It's the quality of being thankful. I'm just going to read this out of the Slav version, which is the Scott Lord's abbreviated version. There was a prophet, Anna, she was 84, and she gave thanks to God. Enough said, right? right? I am now old, Psalm 37 says, I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging for bread. Amen. And number six, Stability, and this may be my favorite of all because it launches us back into this cycle. But I want to use a practical understanding of this because I think that it might be helpful. Stability is the strength to stand and endure. I want you to know that uh, this is the place, there's three ways this really manifests. The first one is this is the place of building and resilience in a When you see people as they continue forward in their relationship with God, you see this building going on in their life, this adding to, and this resilience that comes in their life. This is the place of stability. It is the standing and holding, not just the standing, but it's the holding of sacred ground, not giving up. This is something that happens in in interiority. There's an authenticity. There's a passion that remains. It's Christ-likeness. This is what I want you to understand. Think about it this way. Um, it is spiritually the power of compounding. When you live a life in Christ, there is a compounding effect, and there is nothing like compounding. We, we Some of us understand what compounding is, for instance, when it comes to finances. Like, if I were to ask you, what is eight plus eight plus eight plus eight, nine, nine times adding eight together, right, you come up with the answer. Most of us would know that's 72. That is a life that is added to, right? But what this is speaking of, when it speaks of stability and when you watch a person's life, it is the power of compounding. It is not eight plus eight. It's eight times eight times eight times eight times eight. Times eight the ninth power, which doesn't equal 72, it equals or 134,217,728 it is the power of compounding that's what happens in a life like Simeon's that's what happens in a life like Anna's, is there is this compounding of effect against the kingdoms of darkness and for the kingdom of God. If I were to ask you who the greatest um, investor of our generation is, I think at least 9 out of 10 of us would probably say Warren Buffett. But the truth is, in this last generation, Warren Buffett has not been the greatest. In the last 35 years, the argument could be made for a guy named Jim Simon Jim Simon has averaged returns of 66, over 66% over the last 35 years. But you know why we remember Warren Buffett? Because Warren Buffett is the picture of compounding. And there are giants in our midst that are the picture of spiritual compounding. And I believe that God wants us all to pursue that kind. The reason that Buffett gets looked at is because he started investing when he was 10 years old. He's 92. Warren Buffett, at 65 years old, had $3 billion, was one of the most wealthy people in the world at Social Security age. He's 92 now. The latest report is $108 billion. From 65 to 92, he has accrued over $105 billion because of compounding. It's what it's about. It's what it's about spiritually. Is you stay on the path, you look at these essentials and you live into them and you keep pressing into them. Paul put it this way and I'll finish with this. Paul just simply said, not that I already have attained it, but I press on to the mark that I've been called for in Christ Amen. Here's our question for the week. Which dream life essential point is essential for your life in this season? Which dream life essential is essential for your life in this season? I pray that we all live into this fully, and I am so excited to see what God has for every one of our future. Amen. God
3: bless you, God. So in our going out, in our eating, drinking, breathing, walking around life, in every season, may we stay in that flow, in deserts and fires and battles and providence and favor. May we live the dream till the end. Lest you all give somebody a high five, give them a hug, tell them you can do it.